The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and Scoreline.ie. We are joined in studio by eight-time All-Ireland winner and performance lead with Kilkenny GAA, Michael Fenley. Michael, it's brilliant to have you in studio today. How are you? Good, Robbie, no? All good. Yeah, as I said, it's brilliant to have you here. We could chat so much about all the topics that are dominating hurling at the moment, but you're here specifically to talk about your role as performance lead with Kilkenny GA. Obviously, Eddie's going to get into it um, a lot more, and myself as well. But before that, could you explain to us what the role is and kind of how long you've been in it so far? Yeah, so the role started in June, so just um, in around seven months uh, into the role. And the role is fairly, fairly broad and fairly big, to be honest. And <laughs> when you look at it on paper, um, and I suppose the the key things for me really is when I look at it is I need to create a vision um, and a culture within Kilkenny in terms of our youth development, um, and also to, to put in structures um, to support players both on and off the field, to, to support our coaches with education. So they're the kind of key areas that I tend to focus on. Now there's there's much more in it, um, but there's only so much you can do on a part time on a part time role. And obviously there's a phased approach to this as well. And for me, I suppose the our uh, old name of development squads you know we're after relaunching that now um, just in January or a few a few weeks ago so that was one of the key focus areas that um, we um, we went with and, um, and again we have that launch now which is great and obviously it needs to be backed up now with the, the different phases and stages that we've we've planned But Michael I'm going to cut in there <coughs> straight away on it and we'll get right into this but the the performance lead role obviously Kilkenny GEA you know, they've seen they've seen a gap here. They said, "Look, there's something we need to improve upon." Um, you know, and, and and we can you know we can look at it, deep dive into what what exactly is going to be happening for the underage players coming through. Because I've looked at prospectus. I read up on on some of the stuff that you've done. Obviously, last week there was a brilliant presentation done inside in town. I think somebody had said to me there's nearly 800 people at that. So obviously, the pressure's on because the whole county is is literally <laughs> eyes on you. But in some ways, did did Kilkenny? become a little bit complacent in you know the team you were on dominated Hurling and, and Kilkenny as a county dominated Hurling for a period of years and then I wonder sometimes when you get that type of dominance Wexford did it in Camogie huge dominance did the eye come off the ball a small bit and everybody closed the gap and in say Limerick's case they, they, they stole a march on us a small bit yeah probably have you know looking we're not going to have these golden teams that we've had I suppose we had a golden era there without a shadow of a doubt during the, the noughties um, and, and leading into I suppose uh, to 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 even like you know so we had a lot of players retiring in around, in around those stages and we still were winning um, and like if you have the likes of and I keep saying to everyone Henry Shefflin a Tommy Welsh a JJ Laney and, and a TJ Reid coming in around the same time uh, era like they're four of your greatest of all times in Ireland not alone in Kilkenny you could say that's where I would put them anyway and then you, you've that spread, you, you've that then I suppose supported by Noel Hickey's Brian Hogan's and all these other guys who are a serious calibre players so I, I think we and I think our our underage success would have shown that there was players coming um, yeah. because we'd won minors we'd won t- under 21s so there was cohorts coming it wasn't just one little green shoot there for me there was multiple ones coming and uh, I suppose Brian maximised on that um, but yeah look Tucker right off the ball potentially um, we, we've got to the last two All-Irelands as well I suppose and a lot of people would have would have written off uh, Kilkenny and not to even get near an All-Ireland final we've won the last four I think Leinster's as well senior but our, our underage success is probably um, is, is a bit worrying in some, some senses now you, can, you could challenge that by saying Galway have won multiple minors over the last number of years and have only won one um, senior All-Ireland so 
underage success doesn't obviously guarantee us um, senior success but look Kilkenny have you know they've, they've gotten this role in place and I think they are looking more at the performance element element of it even my last six seven months uh, dealing with the county board like they are seeing the the work that's going on they are seeing the reasons why we're putting in these new structures and I think they're beginning to understand that a bit more too like so um, I think knowledge education is key in all this and again if you don't know an area or if you're not knowledgeable in an area how can you actually implement something and that's why Mick Dempsey was brought in with a committee a couple of years ago to try and come up with a role and um, and that's what he did and it took a bit of time to get it over the line then I suppose in terms of getting actually started um, and time is everything in this game with me like you know I, I'm very conscious of that that's why I got this new um, our new Academies launched because like we have to hit the ground running here we can't wait I can't spend a year looking and watching and ob- observing we have to get our teeth into it straight away because uh, every year goes on it's nearly a year delayed in, in development and because and this is this is something for myself I know Robbie you'll probably be thinking about this year like the measure of the success of something like this like it's not measured in, in Kilkenny winning under 14 All-Irelands or under 16 or minor All-Irelands I don't know like the, the measure I presume what you're trying to create is this I, I see one of the things that's down on the list is the culture but to create this type of a culture where players actually work through these levels under 14, 16 minor and eventually progress into top class senior hurling athletes Look, that's the plan, really, is transition them at a, at a faster level in, in some ways, I think, because at 14, 15, 16, these, and 17, so it's minor, and even or 20, the resources and supports are very different to what you get a senior. So I'm asking the question, why aren't we doing it earlier? Because the game doesn't change a whole pile. Like, you know, there's still a mental aspect to it, there's a skill aspect to it, there's a fitness aspect to it. So why not get um, support and education into our players earlier? Um, and what you will foresee is, and what we have seen, is the age profile of our senior teams coming down. So again, I think Kenny could be 26 at the moment when I was in Offaly I think it was maybe 23 uh, was the, the age profile of Offaly so it, it's coming way down so that's why I think we need to get our players up to that that standard a bit, a bit sooner um, and support them in terms of what they need to be doing on the nutrition the skill um, the tactical side of things and the more education they have then it might make it a bit easier for um, our managers at minor under 20 and senior so that's kind of a, a big part of it I feel that we can transition them much faster if we have the supports and, and the people on the ground to do it Michael just to build on what Eddie said there for you now in this role is success for underage hurling in Kilkenny is that purely based off All-Ireland titles, which a lot of people maybe that are outside of the kind of Kilkenny GA would suggest that we haven't won a lot um, over the last 10 years or so at minor and under 21 particularly? Or is it about developing as many players as possible, maybe sometimes even at the expense of winning titles at underage to get them into the senior side? Or do both of those things go hand in hand? I think they go hand in hand. And look, the, the output, yeah, people will say it's success, it's winning all Ireland. But, you know, there's so many ingredients in this. There's so many variables. And you'd be very naive to say that, to be honest. And I'm part-time in this role. I'm only there, um, you know, 10, 15 hours, probably a week mm. um, on it. And again, it'll change in the summer a bit. But... Um, it's about creating an environment. If we can create the right environment, um, a strong, healthy environment where players are learning, they're being challenged, um, where we have coaches uh, raising the bar in terms of their coaching ability and managing ability, well, then we have the environment set. Now we, our players can potentially thrive in that setting and they can potentially reach their potential as such. That's what we need to, that's what that's what I need to do. Um, so I'm not worried about output in terms of success. I'm not. Uh, of course, when we're competing, I'd love to win. Um, and the development, you know, I hear some companies saying, oh, we're not focused on winning now. Like for me, it's development. And when we're in competitions, we're challenging to win. We want to win. Um, and if we don't, it's not the end of the world because uh, I'd be hoping that player now is a, a year stronger uh, knowledge wise tactically is better nutrition is better 
all those components yeah. of a player basically are, are much better and higher and again the next year now we're, we're, we're developing again like so that's why I foresee it it's the environment um, if we can create that well then we have the foundations right and from there then we'll see what the output is we had a golden generation in the noughties uh, have we those kind of players coming through at this moment in time maybe not uh, I, I don't think so but again we need to get the environment right um, and you know whatever about the academies like we, our clubs need to be healthy um, like if the clubs are not healthy well then the challenge of our minor our, our, our academy coaches our senior coaches is going to be much harder to be honest because that transition is going to be much slower and just because I tell you when you're, you're just talking about ca- academies he's always giving out about academies right so <laughs> yeah. what happens is I end up getting killed on the radio over him making statements <laughs> about academies I think he got probably bullied as a child and he missed out on an under 14 <laughs> academy or something no, I don't know why no, no. but what I would say it's just something to pick up on what you said Michael because what happens say with an under 14 player under 16 player whatever it's, it's, it's you've kind of what we would have used to call it in the FBI was kind of the elite level you'd bring these guys in and you'd do elite coaching and work with them but the point that you've made about the clubs themselves the clubs have a massive responsibility here for their own players like you can't take every club player in Kilkenny at under 14s and say right come into Nolan Park and I'll coach all 600 of you but is it is it a case of I'm going to work with these coaches who are going to work with that cohort of players but at the same time let's work with a wider spectrum of coaches and have all the coaches teaching at club level the same standard as that we're hoping to do at the county level. No, hundred percent. Like we need to get out to the clubs and support them more. And there is plans in place. Now again, that's a bigger project yeah. in itself, but that's where it needs to go. Um, otherwise, we're just praying that the players come in at a decent level that we can actually work with them and, and bring them on. But if they're coming in at a low level, it's just going to slow down the whole process. Like uh, what we done with Nikwitoga, our new um, academy name, which is Young Cats. We've uh, we've 50 coaches on under 14, 15, and 16. So again, purposely brought in uh, maybe five per team to have them in place. Uh, a lot of these guys are school teachers. A lot of them um, are doing different different jobs as well. So they're working with schools, they're working in their clubs, and we've had about three or four workshops already in terms of education, coach education. We've had theory, we've had practicals, we've had guest um, coaches coming in, and straight away now we have education coming in. And I'm, I'm hoping whatever these coaches learn they'll apply it within our academies but also when with the schools are going to apply it when they're with their clubs are going to apply it so straight away now we have more of a knock-on effect and it's getting deeper into our into our systems I suppose or into our different uh, different teams um, and then secondly then I suppose we do like we have like our, in terms of our games manager Breen Ryan we are um, looking at hiring more participation offers, uh, officers so what we have here again the, there's probably a misunderstanding here of what these are so we have GDCs which are games development uh, coordinators and then we have participation officers. Participation officers work with our clubs and they work within the schools and um, very much so kind of d- underage within, within that uh, club. So at the moment we have uh, five um, five of these participation officers and there's, they're covering the bones of maybe about uh, 17, 18 clubs, about 10 hours per club roughly speaking in some cases. And then we have two GDCs then, which is um, games. They're, they're kind of coordinators. They're going to have maybe 10 clubs each and they're going to work on different projects within, within within clubs in terms of development, education. So a lot of this is education. Like we need people on the ground um, hurling. We need coaching going on within within our clubs. We need more people coming in and, and just get things to a higher level. Again, with Nikwitoga, we're pushing our uh, award ones or award twos saying look lads if you want to be in with our academies, you got to have a higher level of education here. And say by the end of April, May, 
we'll have 50, 50% plus um, with the Ward 1 um, done of our academy so that's like 25 plus coaches and some of them now sorry not some of them other coaches will be going on to Ward 2 when, when that takes place so education is, is one of the key components here that we need to focus on and invest in and again if we can get into our academies we can get into our schools we can get into our clubs um, but it's a process and it'll take time for people that don't know, Michael, what are Award 1 and Award 2? So that's uh, your foundation there as well. So they're, they're the, G, the GEA uh, courses. Foundation, one of the things just over a day. Um, award 1 then, there's about five modules, uh, five or six kind of contact points. And they go through communication, uh, coaching, uh, different modules like that. And again, the content's quite good. Our own staff are delivering that. And Award 2 then is at a higher level again. Um, so... Uh, that's going on at the moment and again probably Kilkenny has been slow I, I would say on this uh, our resources again in terms of manpower on the ground like we've had probably two full-time staff for maybe 20-30 years now we've you know we've seven or eight there now at this mm. stage so that's grown substantially over the last two years only to be honest uh, even the last 12 months I would say so um, things are happening um, clubs are getting on board as well there is more interest in having someone on the ground within the club helping in the school because the school is key like you know I go back to my time in Ballyhill we had a very healthy environment um, in school we had leagues we had uh, Joe Dunphy um, looking after us in terms of you know setting up these leagues and that like and we need that in our school if, if that's not if that's not hap- happening in school we're, we're going to be we're going to struggle and that's the truth of it like we need to be hurling in our schools um, that's where we, it's hours upon hours upon hours of practice and play and fun uh, that's where we learnt it all it's not enough just doing one or two hours a week that's not going to get you up to a, a high level when you touch on about what <clears throat> pardon me what it was like when, when you were in school and, and, and I know this from talking to Colin and I know from talking to TJ as well different times over the last number of years they've all kind of reverted back to the national school time the way it was you know it was lunch break was hurling before school it was hurling on the way home from school it was hurling the minute you got home you threw the bag in the house you went out the back and there was more hurling have you found that now when you're looking at the kids it's not like when when you were a kid. Do you get me? And I know it's only 20, 30 years ago we're talking about. We're not talking about 300 years ago. But they are, are kids a little bit different now than they were back then? Or is it because there's, there's not enough of it being thrown at them? Yeah, so people will say there's too much sport being thrown at them. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, there isn't multiple sports. There, rugby wasn't possible for myself when I was that age. It just wasn't accessible. Um, wasn't much of it going on in Kilkenny. I started my, my young fella there two weeks ago. My, uh, his first sport is actually rugby here now. His first time <laughs> attending a training session. He's only, he's only gone five. Um, so um, so that, that's great. Look, multiple sports is brilliant. But for hurling, it's a very skillful game and the environment is important. And again, it depends what teachers are in the school. Um, is there male, female? Yeah. Are they going to give their time up to to, to look after these leagues or to be out um, supervising during lunchtime I'm hearing things about you know when the weather's not great or pitches are closed down within the school for months upon end like that's you know I, I get that over certain periods of time but we need to encourage um, our, our, our younger generation yeah. coming through to play sports whether it's Gaelic football and hurling and you know PE how many hours you know this has been challenged numerous times how many hours are we doing on a weekly basis monthly basis compared to the UK like we're we're, we're a third maybe if not even a fourth of, of what we should be doing so again that's more issues in terms of development movement skills so um, so yeah look it all depends on the school really um, you're banking on the school banking on the principal are they going to drive that kind of hurling pedigree and, and those that kind of environment and Gaelic football and our, our Gaelic games really and sorry because I know Robbie's going to come in with there in a second Michael so like, do you, do you, are you pushing an open door in most cases I'm sure like are you actually is it up to you or is it up to somebody in the lead that's contacting the schools and saying listen you know maybe 
Johnny the principal of that school isn't into hurling or he doesn't know enough about it right we'll send a coach in to give you a hand there if you'll give us that platform Excellent yeah so these participation officers as I said we have um, five to six of them at the moment um, there you'll see through our um, our Twitter page basically the Coaching Games Twitter page you'll see pictures and videos of let's say Stephen Farrell for example he's working in Canises so they were in uh, the weather was bad uh, yesterday I think uh, he was out during the week and they had them all in the hall all hurling with their helmets on and that's what you want to see yeah. you know <laughs> utilising the hall and just because it's raining outside we can still hurl inside um, so that, that's really important and then having someone like that there to do that so again you're not you're not depending on the teacher every time to do it um, and that's the model you'd love to see more in Kilkenny now funding is an issue here um, we can only ha- you know, Leinster will only give you so, so much uh, funding for, for these uh, for these roles and obviously Kilkenny contribute as well and obviously the clubs are contributing to this as well but the clubs who don't have that person there is um, another initiative that's coming on board soon and it's the club school link model or initiative and that's essentially if the club finds someone in, in the sorry yeah if the club finds a member in the club in the community that it could be a farmer maybe has a couple of hours a week to spare during the day goes in and does a bit of coaching uh, within the school and that person will get um, X amount of money basically so I think initiatives like that are going to be very very important where we don't have these participation officers uh, in place in the school so so yeah there's a few things going on um, I, like I'm really hoping to see that um, that initiative happen very soon I think um Philip and Nathan actually are meeting the the clubs now about 20 odd clubs next week and they will be talking to them about this club school link model uh, or sorry I should say initiative and again it's up to the school sorry it's up to the clubs then really to find that person and to get hurling into our school um, so there's multiple challenges it's not simple um, it's not simple but we are definitely making a lot of progress and again I'm pushing pushing the whole time to get these things up and running the faster the better that's brilliant to see at the heart of all this obviously as you'll know um, are the players Michael could you give us a bit of an insight into maybe how players were initially brought into Kilkenny from their clubs and is that changing in any way and if so how is it changing okay so the older system probably was um, maybe if you were on the under 14 um, academy last year you'd be on the under 15 academy Mm. this year basically like that's how it, it may have may have ran um, and you have some players who are bigger at 14 years of age and stronger and they're the ones that are dominant and they're the ones that you see so um, at the moment um, what we're doing for 2024 is we will have a, an open trial um, an open tri- trial period for our 15s and 16s um, and what that will look like is again we will bring in the players that were there last year uh, we'll contact the clubs as well to say is there any other player out there in your club now that has shown good form in the in schools and also in the club um, in in the championship back in September so and we'll have again a trialling period over maybe two or three weekends um, the trial system is not ideal um, but again we have Kilkenny is a small small county a lot of our uh, academy coaches are within schools we all know each other I think we've 30 clubs covered in terms of our academy coaches so again we've a widespread so if I need to know somebody needs to know about Ballet Hale they can pick up the phone to me in terms of what's happening yeah. there so that, that's really important um, our under 14s what happened there basically we had an assessment last November and we brought in you know maybe 160 uh, players and what happened there is we're going to bring we brought that down to 90 
and we'll commence that now in the next few weeks and uh, what we'll have is three teams and again it's very much kind of development against no players C players very very difficult to, to, to do a trial at that age yeah. and to know who's at the level um, of a 1, 2 and 3 team um, and the plan there basically is to have two teams going forward um, later on in the year but I think we'll, we'll look at three for the moment and just see how the players are getting on and let our academy coaches get a feel for what's there so um, and they're very aware of I suppose the smaller player I suppose that third team there yeah. is there a small player there that's very skillful very tidy and maybe in a year's time he's going to push on a bit more in terms of height and physical ability and, and he's not been lost through the system um, and, and and the beauty of this I suppose I don't I don't know is there a fear with clubs that are a fear of parents or a fear of young players if I don't get into the academy this year I'll never I'll never make it that's not the case every year our academy coaches are wondering is there someone out there who's out there maybe that we're missing and they're hungry to see to see this like obviously we want our best players within our yeah. academies uh, like everyone wants that like so uh, I don't think we'll we'll ever really miss too many players to be honest because there's so much talking and and coordinating and you know liaising with clubs and schools so is it just in relation to to pick up on that is it somewhat taking away the power from the clubs in terms of providing players for Kilkenny and centralising it more towards kind of people that you've put in place and that are there and know what the job is and what the task is at hand I wouldn't say that I think our clubs are at the heart of it they're really important um, like they're the coaches that have seen the players how many times maybe 50, 60 times yeah. um, and there's more coaches within that club that would have seen them as well obviously during their time of going from under 9, 10, 11, 12 uh, and up to 14 so no, the club is still key here now again club coaches are under pressure probably to you know we're asking to maybe to nominate three of their top yeah. players we might see five or six players being nominated and again there are probably pressures from, from parents from friends of yeah, parents yeah. and everything else and we and we realise that's challenging uh, as well so it's probably understanding is, is having academy coaches within our schools is, is massively important because they will see what will be coming true but we are a little blind because they're, they're primary school kids they're very young okay. um, and that's why we've, we've pitched our net wide this year to make sure we're um, not missing too many is that a load of question there, Robbie, or is there... No, no, I just wondering in terms of, because I know it must be a very difficult process getting the right players in. And I suppose that's what a lot of people would have pointed to when we talk about no, maybe... No, because the... it's... It, cause I, but the reason I'm saying it is mm. a, a bit loaded as well. But see, what, what had happened in the past, and you, you know this, Michael, there's no point in saying any difference, is sometimes people feel, oh, my little Johnny didn't get selected mm. for the academy, but the reason he didn't get selected is because Eddie's son got picked and Eddie's coaching in the club. And I would assume the academy would see through all of that stuff and you know because that happens everywhere anyway it's, oh, it it's a case of county, yeah, yeah. you know uh, yeah. uh, would you agree? Oh yeah it happens in every county I would have told oh, yeah, no, in the past, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's human nature and yeah, this yeah, is yeah, it yeah. Yeah. but uh, I suppose the pathway we have here as well is the club goes through the coaching officer within the club right so it's not the coach that goes straight to our county officer yeah. if you get me so you have yeah. to go through the club coaching officer and I think that's straight away now uh <clears throat> it's a what would you call it a uh, new hurdle a new a little hurdle that again and if the coaching officer again should know what's going on in the club and again Breen Ryan actually has just developed a role for what we expect of a club coaching officer now just to put a bit of meat behind it and a bit of, bit of guidance and a bit of support on it and they should know exactly again the, the top couple of players that are, are there and that are there at that age whether it's 14, 15 or 16 and again they should pick up the phone to two or three other selectors to make sure that there's no one being missed here so that is an extra step of maybe I wouldn't say security but just a bit more reliability of what's coming through should be what's coming through and it's not a coach that's ringing one of our coaches um, so we have steps there that we're trying to okay. you know limit the, the bias I suppose and it's it can be 
it can be unbi- sorry it can be subconscious or it can be conscious you know yeah, in some yeah. cases one of the things can I, can I, can I, I actually and I mean this as well and I'm not just saying it because you're here Michael I love this now I actually think this is absolutely brilliant I read that I looked through the stuff that you sent through to me yesterday like I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for it because I know if it's done right and if everyone supports you in this role and pushes it on this is going to be massive for Kilkenny I said it to you earlier on it's not going to be something we're going to see the results the next year it's mm. something in time this will develop something that's going to be lasting for a long long time and it'll be a, a, a conveyor belt of it hopefully one of the things I looked at when I was going through it was nutrition and I know you're very well educated and in that line of work and, and everything else but I want you to think back to when you were playing under 16 a minor okay and like you were fit as hell and you were a great lad and all that but I, I the, the nutritional world then versus the nutritional world now and the strength and conditioning world like can you give me some comparisons of where we were yeah like look I I think under 14 that we'd be having sniggers and bottles of Lucasade um, the, the, the original Lucasade after that was protein and energy you know, was it <laughs> getting the carbs in the sugars in and I'm, I'm trying to think like back to when I was 16 like what did I like but did you do weights at 16 no no we wouldn't have been wouldn't have known about um, that's true but when, when was the first time you were lifting um, it wasn't until I went to college um, it wasn't until I went to college to be honest yeah. so I started college in first year in 2000 and um year was 2003 and um, I got a, my first programme and that again pure clueless in terms of going into what, what needs to be done and you're getting your programme and again very weak to be honest um, but that kicked off there but again it's very sporadic you do it so often and when the hurling kicks in the hurling kicks in and uh, there was a lot of myths back there back then there's still a lot of myths on SNC, which yeah. and again we're trying to dumb them down at this stage and I would have mentioned it um, I think at the launch night um, last week we're having a, a webinar for parents now in about maybe five or six uh, probably a bit later maybe eight weeks time where we'll go through the myths of strength and conditioning and I, I like, I'd rather use the word athletic development now just yeah. because S&C seems to have a, just a bad a bit bad, of bad reputation a bad rep you know especially for youth um, and again when, when I was actually up in Castlecomer there lately talking to a group of 15 year old boys and about again the athletic development and again the myths that are out there saying weights make you slow it's not good for your, your growth it'll stunt your growth rate you could get injured like what's your chance of getting injured in in a gym room where things are controlled if it's supervised or being out in a hurling field where there's 30 lads with, with weapons uh, with sticks flying around <laughs> you're sprinting running clashing physical game where are you going to get injured <laughs> you know it's fairly simple so there's a huge misconception out there but, on it and like because it's something you know I, like I, I'm, I'm looking at it the whole time and I'm looking at it with different teams and you're trying to, to find that edge but I, I looked at one team a couple of years ago and they'd brought in a nutritionist that, to work hand in hand with the SNC coach but one of the things the nutritionist was doing which Robbie will think I'm joking when I say this now but the nutritionist was doing cookery demos for the players so basically she was recording herself and she'd bring in say Michael Fenley and Henry Shefflin and say right boys today we're going to make a spaghetti bolognese and this is how this is what you need to be eating match days you know pre-match the whole lot like are we hopefully going to arm the parents with Look, lads, it's not eating powder protein that you buy in shops here. This is what you cook at home. 
and just use this and it'll help little John and this is what he does is this all part of this plan yeah no 100% here. the irony of that is we brought in two teams last August um, for a half day kind of a little, little day camp basically um, a 15 group and 16 group had them in Nolan Park and again we went through a day of athletic development um, we went through we have a new system called Ripped again you'll see it in the booklet uh, in terms of lads can put in their the weights that are lifting and they can put in their wellness in terms of their sleep and small things like that like you know and if they're um, if there are any injury worries they can put in a note as well maybe in that in terms of muscle soreness but that day again we had a cook, cookery demo uh, and it was myself who hosted now I should have got Edward Hayden maybe in our, our local <laughs> celebrity chef um, but we had great old fun and again I wasn't doing that in spectacular now I was just keeping it simple with a bit of pesto pasta that you can have um, maybe the day before a game the pesto wouldn't be overly great now right before a game because uh, it could maybe sit in your stomach but we went through smoothies that the players could make um eggs how to cook an egg you know so we'd write all crack yeah. of poaching an egg and, and boiling an egg and and a lot of players don't know the difference between both you know um, and I mentioned again on, on, at the launch night the parents they have, they have a lot to answer for you know some of these boys um, so no that, that it's, it's education that's what it is and there'll be more of that now so we'll have a workshop now pretty soon actually with, with our four teams four teams 15s and 16s um, nutrition will happen in Easter um, but we're going to go through over the next few weeks is um, again it'll be athletic development there'll be f- uh, skill testing so we're going to introduce some skill testing for the first time ever so again y- you need to be able to hit the ball on the left and the right how far can you hit it can you do ball to hand um, and there's one or two other small things I want to do as well so we'll do a bit of testing with them and get a baseline and then we'll hopefully retest them then again obviously later in the year and um, and to start bringing that into all our academies so again the boys will know every year that we're looking for improvements here and if you're coming in and you, you're striking the ball in 30 yards in your left and you can hit 90 yards in your right well you know you need to be getting that left side improved um, and we have a baseline we have a, we have a me- measurement um, so yeah no, the nutrition piece definitely like and parents as well so we will um, so our web we, we're, we're holding webinars for parents and um, so like we've, we've and we've kind of face-to-face workshops with our players so both is getting education so actually in the um, middle of March uh, on a Monday night we have a girl lined up now to deliver a nutrition workshop, nutrition webinar to parents in terms of what players should be eating um, you know before training sessions and just different meal types different meal ideas so and, and they need support as well without a doubt like, and that, that's what this is all about in terms of the booklet is support for parents and players and to get people educated um, on, on the game Culture is something that you've spoken a lot about it in the booklet, uh, Michael. What does that kind of refer to? Is that just the players? Is it the whole setup? Is it even the parents and the wider kind of county? What 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 could you divulge a bit in that? Yeah, culture is um, so culture. In Kilkenny is strong which is great um, and what I'd say is we have an implicit culture we kind of we don't uh, have signs or we don't have placards or anything. We, we we're a hard working team you know anytime a Kilkenny team hits the field especially our senior teams that's, that's our flagship team they, they rarely are ever outworked and they rarely ever die in a game or, or, or throwing the towel basically so um, I think that's something to admire and, and that, that adds to identity as well in terms of a strong identity that Kilkenny have because every team knows that Kilkenny are going to go out and it ain't going to be easy and that's, that's, that's good and again our younger players are probably somewhat aware of that through stories and through, through looking at games themselves but what I want to bring now is more of an explicit culture to it so if an under 14 co- comes in and you saw the um, you saw in the booklet we have a nice poster and we've developed a set of standards and a set of values that we got from from current inter-county players from former inter-county players from former and current uh, management and coaching teams so again this is not myself coming up with this it's basically coming from from our key players basically our key stakeholders and we came up with this I think there's six uh, standards and there's four values 
and again I think it's 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 fairly self-explanatory of what we expect from a Kilkenny hurler um, and this is not robotic or it's not you know military it's like you know at least lads know that work rate you know I've see, we see it but now I know it's here and we're saying yeah, we, we need to love it like it's part and parcel of our game the spirit that Brian Cody always spoke about very important at, at togetherness humility is huge again in around my era and still still going on now and even before my era you'd never see a player step out of line you'd never see see a player talking about himself or thinking he's better bigger than, than the team that's huge and then respecting the Kenny jersey like you know the black and amber and it's, it's an honour to wear it and I think we need to just bring that to the surface more about how important that is and the players that have gone, got, gone on before and again you're carrying a jersey now like so I think this will help with knowledge and and just a stronger culture I think so we'll have a strong implicit and hopefully a strong explicit and just make the identity even stronger again and it's supporting our, our younger boys and if they're able to do some of these values and standards you know over the next few years I think we're definitely going the right direction yeah, I just, you know, just on, on, and I want to just pick up on one of the things that you've said there, and I'm, I'm very thankful for your time as well, Michael, and I do appreciate that, and I'm sure everybody listening to the podcast will be delighted you popped in with us, and I'm sure Robbie will break this down and put it on about 25 different shows over the next couple of weeks 100%. as well. It's, it's, it's just brilliant for us to have this chance. But the comment that you made about humility, and it's something I remember when I was based here in Kilkenny and coaching in Wexford, and I remember saying it to one of the lads in Wexford one of the days that one of the things that for me defined the Kilkenny senior hurlers above anyone I'd ever dealt with in my life was their humility meeting somebody like yourself or Brian Hogan or, or, or TJ or Henry or Colin who had done it all at every level but yet when you chat to them they're happy to sit back chat hurling there's no different level here it's it's this sense of do you know what I, I, I played my part in a much bigger cause and a much bigger thing Whereas I see in other counties and in other places, sometimes a lad, you know, back home Westmead, there was a minor team running on Ireland 95. You won't get 20 minutes in the pub without being told there's Johnny over there. He'll tell you he won the All Ireland 95. Do you know that type of way? Yeah. It doesn't happen here in Kilkenny. And I think the kids coming through, that's like he had Brian Cody, I'm sure, who was driving that home to you on a regular basis. And I think the young kids coming through need, I'm sure what you're going to try and do is instill the absolute pride in wearing that Kilkenny jersey but to carry on that legacy that your own parents and all them lads in Ballyhale as well would have had too is you know you don't overstate it either you appreciate what you've had and, and drive on really isn't that the case? Yeah no very much so um, very much so look and I think that that is in Kilkenny in terms of our, our county teams and our club teams very much so um, and it's something to admire and as you said yeah, you, you would see other counties again the, the tail would be up fairly quickly and, and they'd let you know about it if they were winning like you know but in Kilkenny we just get on with it and it's probably similar to Kerry in some ways you know they kind of when they win something um, you know they don't go on about it too much uh, the Dublin football team to be fair during their time when they won the five in a row like they were immense as well in terms of humility and modesty um, and, and again a lot of big personalities within that team Brian would always say like look <laughs> Kilkenny is never, not going anywhere uh, when you leave it'll still go on when he leaves it'll still go on and you know you're just kind of part of that kind of process more than anything and you know it will end at some stage like you know, but Kilkenny will go on and that's what's important and, and he would have driven that humility side of things like massively and um, and just you know keep the head down and, and work like you know that's the way we all kind of uh, went about our business um, and look you'll probably see the cat side of things as well that you know you'll see the cat throughout the booklet as well you'll probably see the cat a lot more in terms of the Kilkenny cat in terms of our um, 
uh, branding and everything else and we want to bring that to the surface we're known for the cats it's a very strong identity with Kilkenny and the cat is in itself you know it's a strong big cat is how I foresee, foresee um, when we talk about cats it's not a pet cat at home it's a, it's a strong cat that's aggressive you know fearless um, cats can be very territorial as well um, so I think some of those characteristics are nice for, for players to re- resonate as well and they're the kind of characteristics that we're looking for on the field as well and it makes it a bit easier for them to understand the kind of player that we, we want coming through our academies no, just before I let you go, I will, because you, you probably won't hear this an awful lot, Michael, but I actually think what you're after taking on here is, is, is very brave. And personally, I want to say thank you, first of all. And I think everybody in Kilkenny should be very proud of the fact that one of our most decorated players has come back and taken on this lead role and, and pushed it on. And I wish you, all the coaches that are coming along with you, the very, very best of it. And I really hope in 10 years' time, if I'm not, I'd probably be banned off the airways by then, Robbie, but in 10 years' time, if I'm not banned off them, I'd love to be looking back on this and saying, I can't wait for that day that I see a young lad winning an All-Ireland with Kenny and saying it all started for me with this. And I think that would be a measure of success for yourself and everybody else behind this whole thing. Yeah, look, once, I said it to all the parents like, and the players, once they come in and if they exit in six months or three months or if it's 10 years or 15 years and the experience has been very positive and we've actually brought that player to a new level uh, in every component of the game and both on and off the field, for me, that's that, that's a huge amount of it. And again, if the success comes, happy, obviously happy days. We do like winning, but it's that positive experience that we actually have improved that player. Um, like That's that's the key for, for me and that's the focus, I think, for, for, for myself and the academy coaches and uh, and yeah look there's a lot of good things happening hopefully we'll keep driving and actually I'll drop in a couple of booklets actually as well if you want um, and if anyone's requesting them or want them yeah. again yeah. you can maybe they can drop in and collect it maybe um, again there's some nice information in there and we will we'll be putting up things up on the Kilkenny website there is an article going up there already and there is some stuff happening in that space as well with digital digital marketing that's coming down the line very quickly as well so um, our branding and marketing will be up to a much higher level again so it's very positive. Good stuff. Well, Michael Fenley, thanks for joining us on the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast and the very best of luck with everything in your role as performance lead with Kilkenny GA. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie.